Hello there, MNBC family. Good to be with you today. We want to do our sermon recap for the week as we try to do each and every week. This past Sunday uh, was a special Sunday. It was World Missions Sunday. We had a special speaker in with us, Gaetano Polino. Many of you would know him. He grew up here and but he's been out for a while. He's been a part of a mission agency. He went to an internship at a church over in the Chicago area to be trained some. Uh, thought about going down to Georgia to church plant. Ended up coming here to Monroe, and he's a part of a church plant here in Monroe, uh, Outpost Community Church. He's serving over there as like youth, young adult, I think is what his official uh, title is. Does some outreach stuff. For them, he's only been back in town a couple months now, maybe three months at this point, um, but it was good to have him with us. Uh, we told him, didn't tell him necessarily what to preach on, but said the focus should be mission-oriented because we were doing our World Mission Sunday. Um, if you didn't come, I would encourage you to get uh, Anna in the office made, and I think Scott might have helped with this, um, the pamphlet for the the missionaries that we help support, church planners that we help support, some things that as a church we're just a part of. And it might do you some good to see that, to see uh, the money that you give and the offering plate, how that's being used in terms of missions. Now we do some local missions, you know, some benevolent stuff that comes out of that as well, but these are some of the bigger things that we're a part of. And it also enable you to be able to pray for them throughout the year and then to be praying for, when you're talking about missions, be praying for things that lie ahead. Uh, like a big thing is this coming week, we have a candidate for the missions music pastor uh, who would really head up a lot of this area. And so it's important for you to be here for that. He's going to be preaching this coming Sunday. Then the next Sunday, he's going to be leading music. Uh, but just to be praying about our involvement uh, in missions. And so when we asked a guy to preach, he, he focused on one verse really, in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, that's a very common verse. Many of us know it and have heard it before. It says, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. It's kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know if this has to do with missions, but <laughs> when Jesus would preach, he wasn't much of an invitation giver in the terms of like, being gentle all the time. We do have some verses when he would say, come to me, all who are weary, right? And he'd be like, I will give you rest. Like, Take my yoke upon me, right? He would say that, which is a very comforting thing. But so often he would say things like this, which is so difficult. And so when you think about the life of a Christian, and when God saves us by his grace, right? And by faith, we receive, uh, receive that grace in our life and, um, we start to learn and we know we understand that the Bible says now as a Christian there are things that you should be doing, not to be a Christian necessarily, but because you're a Christian, there are things that you should be you should be doing. Um, there's certain attitudes that you should have. There's a way now that you are going to live your life. And part of that is to not be ashamed of your Savior. And even, I would say, it, to be quick, to be willing to speak of him, and so as we talk to our neighbors and as we talk in our homes and as we talk at work, not to be ashamed of the fact that we are a Christian and that what God has done for us in our life. And so that's what, when we're talking about sharing the gospel, that's what we're talking about, of being willing to let people know 
who Jesus is and what he has done, and even to offer that invitation to say, do you believe and trust in Christ? Or have you ever heard of him? And to have these conversations with people. Um, and so when we think about you know living this Christian life that we're, that we're supposed to live, you can't take that part out of it. That part should be a part of it. And so as we focus on missions, that's what we're that's what we're thinking about on that particular Sunday. And that was the direction Gaetano was going. And he focused on that verse because in order to do that faithfully, there are times where you do have to deny yourself to be willing to put yourself out there to say things like that. Because not everybody in your family wants to hear you tell them that they're not good enough to get into heaven and that they need Jesus, right? They're going to say, you're preachy, or who do you think you are? Well, you you know that going into those conversations, and so that's part of denying denying self mm-hmm. there. And so Guy got into that, Gaetano got into that um, a little bit of talking about denying yourself, taking up that cross, and following, and following Christ. Mm-hmm. When you guys hear that verse, Luke 9, 23, what... What is it that comes to your mind maybe first as a first reaction? Anything? No? All right. Well, I think what, I mean, a <laughs> distinction that Gaetano made that was really helpful for what he was trying to bring out and and highlight was that we oftentimes read that verse and we think that to deny yourself means to deny yourself worldly pleasures, uh, he you know he referenced things like nice clothes, the car that you drive, but what he highlighted was that denying yourself also involves denying your own will, mm-hmm. and to follow Christ uh, will involve submitting. I mean, essentially, what he was saying, I think, was it involves submitting yourself to His will, um, denying your own will, submitting yourself to His. Um, and I think that was a, a big point that he was trying to make, and and kind of going along with what you said is that. Uh, sometimes his will is not lined up with with ours, and that that's kind of when we're, like where it might be something that we are uncomfortable doing, or maybe wouldn't even come naturally to us. If we understand that something is his will, part of living in the Christian life is denying ours and submitting to his. And I think that's what the some of the point he was trying to get across was. And I thought that was a helpful distinction that he was trying to make there. Yeah, wouldn't you say that the world? actually teach it or maybe not the world in general but our world uh teaches the exact opposite to deny yourself is wrong it's almost blasphemous yeah wouldn't you guys agree oh absolutely the world absolutely teaches that i think like i remember as a kid it, it wasn't that way you were still taught as a kid like you do things for others it wasn't so much about you all the time i mean even even in school in the public school of being taught about helping others or putting others before yourself was kind of a, a common thing. I remember hearing uh, all growing up, but it, it seems like now, again, I don't know what they're doing in school. Maybe they still teach some good things in there, but um, it seems like what I hear is, Tim, you shouldn't deny yourself. Shouldn't you have a break today? You know, shouldn't you treat yourself to a special lunch today or a special dinner today? Like, that's what I'm all like. You deserve a vacation. Why don't you go on this trip? Splurge on yourself. Like, that's what I'm bombarded with all the time. And yeah. you can start to think, you know, they're right. I mean, kids are taught as well. I mean, at least implicitly that if you desire something, then that at least implicitly means that it must be good for you. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I mean, they're taught that around many different subjects today that we, this not the subject yeah. of this podcast to get into, but yeah. they are taught that, that to deny yourself in terms of like what feels natural to mm-hmm. you, even though it may not be, is unhealthy yeah. for you. And you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you, I mean, you're right. Like I was taught growing up all the time, like, well, actually, no, it's not good for you to, to indulge right. in this. Yeah. I mean, even the things like this is New Year's, everybody's on a diet right now. And if you look at different diets and different things, they try to talk about the diet in a way that's like, you won't have to deny yourself if you do this diet. You're actually going to love it. You're going to love the food that we give you. You can eat chocolate. You can do this. Like they try to say these things. But really the reality is if you want to lose weight, you're going to have to deny yourself sometimes. Right? You're gonna, but, but they try to package it in this way to not say that because we push back against that stuff. I mean, so much so that you can really say anything about yourself now, and I can't deny that. I can't tell you no, right? The, right? Or else I'm hurting you and, like, really who you are. But Jesus had a very different mm-hmm. command to us as Christians. Right. If you're going to be my disciple, get ready, because daily you're going to deny yourself, and not just deny yourself, you're going to take up, not your cross, my cross. You're going to take up my cross and follow me, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like... Yeah, I think also putting this um, <clears throat> putting this passage into context with what Jesus just said before, which was telling them about his coming crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he says, "I'm the Christ," and of course we know the disciples' reaction, which is, "And Peter's, well, no way. Yeah, right. The Christ can't be crucified." Jesus says, "This is what's going to happen to me." And what the cross means, however, is that. Christ had to die because who you are in your identity and in your whole personhood is evil. And so when Jesus dies, he's saying deny yourself in the sense in which the whole you, every your whole identity and the whole way you conceive of yourself in the first Adam has to go away and be crucified. Mm-hmm. You have to deny yourself in other words. So now Jesus laid down his life. And now you have to resign yourself. Whenever uh, a criminal was taking his cross to Golgotha or wherever, he was. the idea there was to break your will to live anymore. Your life is over as you know it. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, by voluntarily taking the cross and going to Golgotha, is saying, my perfect life, I am voluntarily saying, is over, and I'm giving it up. And Jesus now is saying, is that if we have faith in him, the old Spencer, the old us in Adam, is going to have to be crucified as well so that the new one can be raised with him. So it's a very comprehensive mm-hmm. call. It reminds me of Romans 6. All of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. We were united with him in a death like his so that we can be resurrected with him in a resurrection like his. And that's what Jesus is saying. If you think you can be saved who you are right now you can't you have to by faith trust in me and in me you will die to sin and rise to new life and then that practically means in our lives yeah exactly like what you're saying is that but that's where the putting off putting on uh, paul's language of sanctification i have to put to death those old things of my own will and the mm-hmm. things that belong to my former way of thinking my former existence my former identity has to be killed and then i have to put on the things that belong to the things where Christ is in heavenly places. Yeah. So I think that's, it's really in a sense, a whole, whole all encompassing call 
to faith and repentance in the Christian life. Mm-hmm. It's really, um, and that's what Jesus says. If you're thinking, though, that you can save your life, you're going to lose it. And everybody here who doesn't want salvation through the cross, they're going to lose their lives. But through the cross and resurrection, there is life. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. is salvation yeah. to be had. And I think that's, that's a powerful, powerful uh, image for all of us. Yeah, I know when I used to think of the word missions, I'd think of missionaries, and I would think of their task of like going somewhere far away and telling people about Jesus. But in my mind, these are people who had never heard of him before or really had no like religion at all, that it was almost welcomed at times for the missionaries to go in. And, and so you're just, here's, here's this Jesus, do you accept him right, or not? Right. Uh, but in our setting, it's not really like that, right? I mean, uh, well, as we try to be faithful to share what you said, Spencer, and you talked about how our identity is evil, actually. Where we live right now, no. nobody wants to hear that. No. And it, it, there's such a pushback, and so we have to be prepared. I'd say now more than ever in our country uh, for pushback on that. Right. We really have to step up before we could assume that people at least thought they were sinners at some level. Right. But now we really have yeah. to take even yeah. a step back even to more basics <clears throat> and talk about creation yeah. and uh, the law mm-hmm. and our condemnation yeah. so we can even get to Jesus. Now, we want to get to Jesus very quickly, but we have to give almost that information now. That background is not even right culturally mm-hmm. there, it seems like. I think mm-hmm. we have to be careful, though, because for me, I can get warped into this sense when I think about that, that everybody I talk to is also going to be evil to me. Correct. And that's not right, I don't right. think. Like, I was listening to a podcast as a comedian the other day, and he was saying, for him, 99% of people he comes into contact with, what he said were good people. And what he meant by that was they were nice to him, they were kind to him, they weren't, like, throwing insults at him. He said, don't get me wrong, you have those out those outliers. And I would tend to agree with him. Like, and I want people to hear us say that. There's a lot of good people. You talking about like he was referencing talking to them about his faith? No, no, no. He just meant like in general because he, he, I think he was stating like if you were to watch the news and stuff, you would think almost everybody out there hates everybody. Yeah. Right. And he was saying, I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Like I talked to people who he, he's probably a more conservative guy, I would guess, from where he lives and how he talk, talks and stuff. He's like, but I'm in the celebrity world. I talk, And we're fine. Like, they're very nice to me. We go out mm-hmm. to dinner. We have a good time. There's nothing nothing wrong. Right. Um, and I think as Christians, we have to, I know for me, I have to be careful with that because I do think everybody's just going to hate me and be evil towards me because I'm a Christian. And I don't really think that that's true. I have, But at the same time, I still have to be faithful to these good people who are nice to say, there is a truth in here, what Scripture says about sin, and you need to hear it. Right. Just like I did. Right. Just like I do. We all have the all same the common problem. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We have the same problem. Yeah. You want to get that, Scott? Or I kind of do because somebody <laughs> important called me back probably, but it's okay. Aren't all your calls important? <laughs> all of them. I mean, that's what you tell us all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I got, I got an important <laughs> hey guys, call. guys, it's my agent calling. I got <laughs> no, what you said, Scott, Tim, reminded me of the world. In a lot of ways, the world is divided between Cardinals fans and Cubs fans. Okay. Most yeah. people I guess in a very small section of the world. <laughs> most people externally are like Cardinals fans. They're nice people. But there's a few that are like Cubs fans, you know, and they're. they're What's just, wrong with Cubs fans? Nothing. 
They've won it. <laughs> well, they've, yeah, they won it you know, once in the past a little over 100 years, haven't they? <laughs> we hope to make it another 100. <laughs> well, to get back on task. Sorry, here. go ahead. No, I mean, I think what you're saying is is very easily applicable to the idea, especially of some of the things Gatona talked about on Sunday, especially when it comes to being a personal witness of of who Christ is to the world that is around us. Of We often think that to be have a missional type of conversation or an evangelistic type of conversation is going to go badly. Right. I'm going to be stoned in the streets. Mm-hmm. You know, my neighbor is going to shoot me. Um, they're going to hate me forever. They're going to complain on our neighborhood Facebook page, you know, mm-hmm. that I invited them to Easter service, you know, and honestly, that's not the case. It, most people are going to be very cordial mm-hmm. and kind. Yeah. As long as you are cordial <clears throat> and kind. Yeah. You know, it goes to show a problem. Like I, I think I'll always be kind. So if the Buddhist guy comes to me and starts to try to convert me to Buddhism, I'm not looking at him at anger and rage, yeah. right? You, you will probably politely tell him no. But I think yeah. he would be filled with anger and rage, which then makes me think I'm actually the better person here, which is a problem because I have the same problem he has. We're both sinners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I just I just think there's this tot, there's this cultural understanding that a lot of people are very mean because mm-hmm. we've been so divided in um, I just don't want us to, I'd want us to remember that I don't think that's true. Yeah. I think you can have conversations with people and they're not going to cuss you out or curse you. Could happen sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah. I think. I think it might be, I mean, I was just thinking of this. Um, There's a passage we read yesterday in Sunday school, but, you know, as we've been talking about, you know, Christ, the context here of talking about how he was, he is going to go bear his cross, be crucified. Jesus often spoke of how, you know, if the world hates, don't be surprised when the world hates you. It hated me first. And there were a lot of people that hated Christ, but there were also many people who loved Christ. Mm-hmm. In the early church, there, you know, uh, we're going through Acts right now with the youth, and it kind of flip-flops back and forth where, you know, we're in Acts chapter 5 right now, and there's one passage where it says, and th- the apostles had favor with all the people. But then the very next passage is where, but they didn't have favor with these people, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they're being, you know, most of the space is given to where they are not favored by the Sadducees and the council, but there are thousands of people turning to Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think some, because we many times try in trying to prepare people in our church for persecution or for rejection and just letting them know that that is possible, maybe we don't focus enough on the fact that there are many people in our city, in our county, in our country that if they were to hear the gospel, they would respond favorably to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, a tagline that I've heard a lot, and I, maybe we've talked about it in like a podcast or something like this, is that tagline, living on mission, living on mission. What comes to your guys' mind when you see that, when it's like this call, hey, you need to live on mission. Um, I guess it could be worded other ways too. Live uh, what 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 is it? Live out the gospel, or is it live out the gospel? Or I've seen it I've seen it other ways too, uh, but I think they're trying to mean the same thing. Have you guys Have you guys come across that? Have you Have you seen it? What do you think they're saying? I think most of the time I've heard it is kind of like what Gaetano was saying on Sunday. He was using the word intentional. Mm-hmm. He used that word several times, and I think most of the time in the context that I've heard that. What's meant by it is live live on purpose as a Christian to fulfill the calling that God has 
put on you as a Christian to be a witness to who he is and to spread the gospel. Um, I think Gaetano was trying to put that in the context of this passage by saying that that that's part of submitting yourself yeah. to God's will mm-hmm. is by living on mission in that sense. Yeah, so maybe maybe um, to think of like an analogy, um, not to sit there and necessarily wait for the food to fall in your lap so that you could eat, but actually be actively out there hunting and gathering yeah. and looking for the opportunities to eat, mm-hmm. right? To say, oh, I've never had an opportunity to eat. Well, what have you done? I've just sat here. I'm just waiting for it to come. Yeah. Uh, so maybe a lot of Christians treat um, living faithfully as a Christian like that way. When it comes particularly, what I'm seeing about is particularly sharing the gospel with somebody or having that type of conversation. It literally has to fall in their lap in order for it to happen. Instead of maybe going to work with that in mind, like, God, give me an opportunity maybe to encourage somebody with the truth of your word. And and maybe, I don't know, maybe someone says, oh, my wife is sick. Oh, well, do you mind? I'll, I'll pray for her. Not, maybe not right here at work, <laughs> but do you mind if I pray for her? Oh, yeah, sure you can. Okay, I will. I'll be doing that. Like even something that's simple to be looking for those opportunities is what you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Being intentional. Yeah. Okay. Spencer. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's the question is what do you mean by yeah. that term? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think you see phrases like uh, in the New Testament epistles where it says, uh, do good to everyone, especially those who are the household of faith. So uh, part of doing good to other people is to share the gospel with them mm-hmm. as you have opportunity. Now, also part of this brings in is the doctrine of vocation. Right, yeah. Because I do this in my vocation. That's right, yep. Um, so uh, the first place God wants you to do this is in the places he's already put you, Yeah. in your family, yeah. in your church, mm-hmm. um, because we have to keep hearing the gospel with each other um, at the workplace. Um, oftentimes the opportunities that God gives us I mean, well, the, the opportunities to do this are right in front of us. We're just not, um, we just haven't had eyes to see them, so to speak. And that's one of the things about love. Love is outward focused towards God and other people. And our natural tendency is to curve back in on ourselves. And so uh, love looks for the welfare and seeks the, the welfare of other people. And so I think doing that as we um, really, in a sense, the Great Commission is fueled by love, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, love for neighbor and love for our Savior, mm-hmm. um, and and that really can do that. I think also it's really encouraging to people too to realize that whenever they're sharing the gospel, it's not their job to convert people; it's their job to pass the words of God. Mm-hmm. It's the word of God that does the converting yep. with the power of the Spirit. Yeah. So you just be a faithful transmitter of the scriptures and let God do the work. And God says, and Jesus says in the scriptures that as you did, as you gave a cold cup of water, as you did good, he sees that and he will reward that and bless that. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't think it's fruitless or effortless, even if you don't see the initial fruits yeah. right away. Mm-hmm. I think that phrase living on mission sometimes can be very condemning because of what it carries with it. People start to think going to work every day I could be doing something more, right? Or being a good dad and a good husband, I really should be doing more if I'm going to live on mission, right? And and that's where I think that phrase can become a, a negative because it's not being understood correctly. And I do think some churches have used it in that way of like this extraordinary acts of missions is what is actual faithfulness. And I don't believe that's what 
uh, Scripture teaches us. I think for, I don't know what the stats would be, but for 90-some percent of Christians, you're not going to be a church planner. You're not going to go overseas as a missionary. You're not going to be a, a pastor or, gosh, you might not be a Sunday school teacher, right? Whatever you value and put up in the ranks, you aren't going to be. Uh, but you're going to be a faithful church member where you're active in your church and you're there, uh, you know, all as much as you possibly can be. You are at the services encouraging. You're a part of your family. You are trying to raise your kids in the way of the Lord. So you're reading scripture to them. So I'm not saying you're sitting here and like teaching them every nuance of scripture. You're reading scripture. You're praying with them. You're being faithful to your wife. You're being faithful to the place that you work. You're not stealing from them. You're just being a good, a good worker. You're being kind to your parents. You're right. You're like you're living this faithful life. And I, I would say, well done. I'd say you are living on mission. Now, my, my push to that encouragement would be be intentional as you live that way. Look for opportunities to teach your kids Scripture. You know, Look for opportunities to care for uh, those that you work with and opportunities to share what the gospel is. Like, Be intentional in that, right? And, and watch God work. And that, that's how God has worked for 2,000 years in the New Testament church. I mean, we have books about awesome missionaries, and I think that stuff, I mean, I'm reading a book right now on, it's actually funny, it's like a book of martyrs. It says of Baptist martyrs, and it goes all the way back to John the Baptist. The first century, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny, but. Uh, Does I mean, it really? Yeah. <laughs> it's one. It's an old book. I showed it to you. That's awesome. I showed it to Spencer. The Trail of Blood. But some of the stories are, asto- I mean, astounding. Right. The one I read li- like uh, last night, I think, was a husband and wife. And it was, they have the letters that they were writing to each other because mm. they were in different jails. And they mm. have the, these letters. And just like, this guy was just telling his wife, I know what you're about to face, mm. but uh, remember mm. what Christ has done for us. Mm. Yeah. Like, that's what he says. Yeah. Right. Be, just be faithful. Right. No, I love you. No, we love the Lord. And we have a Lord that loves us. Right. And you hear then, then she's drowned mm-hmm. <laughs> like, over. Nobody knows her name, right? Yeah. Nobody hears about it, but right. they lived on mission, I guess you could yeah. say. <laughs> but yeah. that was an extraordinary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, we hear stories like that and, and we think like, you're right. Like when sometimes when this idea of living on mission is communicated, it's those stories that get highlighted. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we begin to think, well, then I can't do that. Because I just live this normal Joe Schmo life. I go into work. I have a family. My kids go to school. What, you know, what am I supposed to do? And, um, But at the same time, I think that the church is in a really bad place. When even the idea of having a, a, an evangelistic encounter with your coworker seems extraordinary. Mm-hmm. When that seems so far out of reach, like I can never do that. You're not being asked to go be a missionary in Kenya <laughs> or to the Aborigines in Australia. It's just talk to your coworker, somebody you probably talk to all the time. And uh, I think when when that becomes an extraordinary act, or even, and this is true, when having a spiritual conversation with your children becomes an extraordinary act of bravery for you. Um, and I think that 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 is true mm-hmm. for some uh, dads, moms. Th- that is a prop. That's that's not good. Sure. Um, when that's when that becomes an extraordinary act, 
And so I think some of what we're trying to get to when we say live on mission is just just live on mission in your normal, ordinary life. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that does take our encouragement. And one thing that Gaetano encouraged us to do yesterday was to pray for boldness. And that might not mean boldness to go door-to-door through your neighborhood, but it might mean boldness to invite your your neighbors to Easter Sunday if you know they don't go to church anywhere. You know, you're just your your the people that you talk to throughout the weeks or months or whatever, the people that you have pull your garbage can back to your house if you go out of town, you know, so it's not sitting there. Um, I mean, we're reaching a point. I don't know. Would you guys call ourselves post-Christian yet, our society? Pretty close. I mean, if it, if it's a hill, we're definitely probably going down. I, yeah, I think we are. I would think. Culturally, yeah. And yeah. so I would say, I mean, it would be an extraordinary. There's people that have been in church with you for the past eight years who aren't here anymore. Go ask them to come because they're probably not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. They fell off the bus. Mm-hmm. They, they, they've, they've, they've went away. <laughs> we don't want to run them over. <laughs> we want to get them back. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's a common. Yeah. You're not in the lingo, I guess. No. Okay. No. All right. I'm Never mind. There's some kind of we'll, inside joke. We'll talk the about podcast, it. The... We'll talk about it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can guess where it's from. But like we yeah. always said, go go to those at work who maybe you've never talked to before. And I am guessing within our own circles, we have people who went to church with us all the time. And now, when you think about it, you haven't seen them at church, and you don't. You're pretty positive they're not going anywhere mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. let's get them back. They're not going to, I wouldn't think they would fight you and call right. you a jerk for telling them about Jesus. Just, right. just being nice to them and saying, I haven't seen you. Cons- right. I'm not, I, I care about you and I want to see you there. What's right. going on? I think that's a faithful thing to be doing right, <laughs> right now. I think too, one of the things Scott was talking about how um, sometimes these things seem extraordinary. And I agree. I think that we need to uh, make these things more normal for people. And one of the reasons why as well might be is, and I'm stealing this thing from the White Horse Inn, people don't know what they believe and why they believe it for themselves. So it's hard, not saying they're not true believers, but they just have a hard time then expressing that even mm-hmm. to themselves, let alone to yeah. uh, other people. That, uh-huh. And so that's also why it's so important to be at church and to be involved in in the Christian education programs or reading your Bible at home or doing whatever to trying to, uh, to understand what the Christian faith even is so that then you can talk to other people about it. Um, and I think that would help promote some confidence at yeah. least, um, if I at least feel competent to talk about this mm-hmm. topic even. Sure. Yeah. And I think and, that can be. And I think, I think non-pastors inviting people to church is a bigger deal than pastors because Absolutely. when I invite someone to church, they think I'm trying to get my paycheck right. higher right. or that I'm worried about money. Right. Uh, when in fact, that doesn't, I can't say it never crosses my mind, the money aspect, that part of my job is to care about that. But very rarely does that cross my mind if I'm seeing someone who I haven't seen for a while and say, I haven't seen you in church, right. is because I think you should come to give offering. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking... Mm-hmm. This is actually what's best for you to right. be faithful to church for for you and I actually it benefits me because I need you here too for accountability right. for love mm. for care and having you gone is hurting but I think when a church member says that to somebody else who maybe they haven't seen or to a family member it comes across not as you just want money or this no it's it's this person cares about, actually cares right. about me, has noticed I've been gone or whatever. Another thing, too, it kind of reminds me of a book I just read, a novel. Um, 
but one of the things that they mentioned there's a, it's a pastor and he's um, he, he's ministering in a context. But one of the things I think I remember the book says is that uh, he he realized that he or he was wondering. Um, were there other people who actually did want to have basically spiritual conversations or things about faith out there? Are there more out? Were there more out there? And I think sometimes we, um, it's a good reminder that there are people, not everybody, but there are people out there, lost people, who do want to talk about these things and at least yeah. have some thoughts in their minds. They're just, they themselves don't have the bravery enough um, to talk about it. And I think reminding yourself that your same struggles you have are the same struggles that even those lost people have. And there's a chance that they themselves realize, I, I was talking to a guy, or I, I remember, I wasn't talking to him, I remember, um, I think he texted me, because we had had a neighbor uh, uh, pass away um, where we live, and I had another neighbor who said just, it reminded him of his mortality and and such and so my point is, is something happened that was common in our life that we, we knew of this lady who had passed away, and but it at least had sparked a thought in his mind about mortality and such. And there's a lot of people out there that are like that, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And that can be encouraging to us, too, to realize that, yeah, people might think you're kind of weird. But on the other hand, some people might really be wanting to have those talks. And uh, maybe they are. Maybe the Lord is already working on them, mm-hmm. and they are looking. They're being convicted at some level, and um, you're there to come and bring the forgiveness of sins through Christ to them that they mm. need. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Maybe. Sure. I, I would go ahead and say that it's guaranteed. <laughs> I would yeah. say there are people out there that are ready and willing to listen to that message. Right. All they need is someone with the message that is preaching it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, it's good. Well. Uh, would you say be on mission? Is that how you end this? Be on hashtag. <laughs> hashtag be on mission merch. <laughs> Honestly, in the life of our church, Menorah Missionary Baptist Church, missions has always been a big thing. A lot of our budget goes towards missions all around the world, locally, state level, whatever it might be. Uh, it's something we continue to care about. Uh and I hope that that doesn't go away. I mean, there are lost people all over. And if God gives us the privilege to reach somebody through a missionary in Papua New Guinea, then then praise God that he's allowed us to have some part in that. If he allows us to be a part of somebody coming to know the Lord in our sanctuary on a Sunday, praise praise God for that. Mm-hmm. So we want to continue to be faithful in our evangelism and our outreach. Mm-hmm. And in our faithfulness, in our faithfulness to the Lord. So, mm-hmm. if you didn't get to hear uh, Gaetano's sermon, it should be on our website by now, and so you can go uh, listen to it uh, there at the website. I'm thankful again for Guy for for coming. I'm glad he's back in town. We get to see him now more often with some other pastors that we meet with uh, kind of regularly. Uh, next week again, uh, Pastor Dave Arnold will be here uh, as a candidate for the missions music. Uh, pastor position so hopefully you'll be here to hear him preach he's just preaching this week and then next week he'll lead the music but we also will have a meet and greet on sunday this coming sunday from 4 to five thirty, where you can come meet him and maybe get to know him a little better there but uh glad that you listened uh look forward to seeing you on sunday i hope you have a, a blessed week